Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Julie Marie Benedicta. Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And today we have with us Sister Christina Miriam. Yay, we're so excited to have you here with us today, Sister Chrissy. This has been a long time coming. I have been waiting for this moment. I know, I know. I can't believe it took us this long to get you an invitation. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, we're very excited to have Sister Chrissy with us today. And do you want to introduce yourself just a little bit and let people know who you are, where you're from, what you do? So I am uh, in our Boston community, and I have been serving in our publishing house for the past 15 years, mostly in our editorial department. And very recently, I was asked to be publisher, so I'm learning all kinds of new things in that role. Uh, Originally, I'm from Ohio, and yeah, that's all the things. (laughs) Awesome. Sister Chrissy was one of the first daughters of St. Paul that I spent a significant amount of time with. (laughs) That's a good story. (laughs) Shall I tell that story? (laughs) If you want. I don't think I've heard this story. Okay, so I came as um, somebody who was applying to enter. So I had spent some time uh, with, like, the vocations director and some time with the sisters that did the interviews. But when I came for, um, I think I was here for a couple of interviews and then also, like, a psychological evaluation. And Sister Chrissy had been asked to kind of be my my hospitality person while I was here. So we we spent time watching movies and doing some other things together. And one night, um, we decided to have a little arts and crafts session. And I was... Well, well, well. <laughs> basically, basically, I was like, shoot, there's nothing to do tonight. <laughs> and I hope that she doesn't consider Mod Podge completely dorky because <laughs> it was the best idea I had. Okay, but see, the thing, the funny thing is, is I'm like totally an introvert. And if she'd been like, okay, tonight there's nothing to do, go to bed. <laughs> I totally would have been fine. But instead, we had an arts and arts and crafts night, and we just like played with different... And I had actually forgotten to bring a journal with me, so I took a little notebook and kind of scrapbooked it a little bit and, and made it cute, so I had you a little journal. You were totally a good sport, and I appreciated that so much. <laughs> so I had a little journal with me for the rest of my trip, and Sister Chrissy mod-podged a full bulletin board, like cork board, mm-hmm. with like pretty scraps of paper, but the Mod Podge, y'all, was glitter. It was awesome. It was like like it had it had glitter in it. It was very it was very sparkly. It's so sparkly, and it's still hanging in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I went to visit the postulants like a week later, and um, they were in St. Louis, and <laughs> they were like, "So what'd you do while you were in Boston?" And I was like, "Oh well." At one night, we just played with Sparkle Mod Podge, and they just started cracking up, and they were like, that must have been my sister Chrissy. That sounds so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my introduction to, to sister. That was a good, good memory. It I was. Like it was a good memory. Yeah. So, yeah. So what – okay. So also, quick, quick little um, disclaimer is we are not going to do a content in the convent this week because – we're going to be incorporating a lot of a particular film in our conversation. And so if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoiler warning. Watch out. 
This might be the moment to pause the podcast, go watch the film, and come back because we're going to be talking about some of the main plot points of that of that movie. And um, Sister Chrissy really sees different ways in which it kind of overlaps with today's verse. Um, So, Sister Chrissy, could you tell us what verse you chose, read it for us, and then let us know kind of why you chose it? So the verse that I chose is Mark 8, 36. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And I chose this verse for an interesting reason because every time I hear this verse, it reminds me of one of my dearest saint friends who I consider to be a sort of patron saint of my vocation. Uh, So the connection between my favorite saint and this verse is that St. Francis Xavier um, was one of the first Jesuits, and when he was going to college uh, with St. Ignatius of Loyola, he made the spiritual exercises with Ignatius, and it's kind of legendary. One of his early biographers uh, put in the biography that this verse— what profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life was uh, pivotal for Francis and changed his life. Um, It's not actually known for sure whether this verse in particular was um, a pivotal piece of scripture for Francis, but because that biographer put it in there and because it is true that that experience of the spiritual exercises changed the whole trajectory of Francis's life, um, that verse has just kind of become passed down in legend as um, as important in Francis Xavier's uh, relationship with the Lord. So every time I hear that verse, I think of Francis Xavier, and it was in reading a biography of Francis Xavier written by one of our sisters um, when I was about 12 years old. I read this book, and the way Sister wrote about how Francis was on fire to tell as many people as possible about Jesus because of his own experience of Jesus and his own experience of friendship with the Lord. Like reading that in that biography as a child planted the first seeds of my vocation and made me realize like I also felt that way, that I wanted to share with other people what I had experienced, this experience of feeling that I I had a friendship with the Lord. And so I really connected with that with Francis Xavier. And so I kind of hold him responsible for my being here. <laughs> you blame him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do. And so I love that verse because it makes me think of him. And so there you go. And for those who might not know anything about Francis Xavier... Can you give just like a quick... So, oh yeah, so I told the beginning of the story, but then I didn't tell you anything else. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, so Francis Xavier was one of the first Jesuits. So he he didn't um, initially intend when he went to college to um, do anything possibly beyond becoming a kind of traditional sort of cleric. He did have that maybe in his mind. Uh, but when he met Ignatius and he made the spiritual exercises... He It really did transform his life, and so he went on to help Ignatius get the, the Jesuits uh, founded. And then when there was a need for a Jesuit to go um, to the missions, 
he he volunteered and he he wanted to go so he went to india and then japan and his dream was to make it to china uh, but he he sadly he died before he made it there but he basically left everything and it was a time when to travel that far around the world you you knew that there is a very good chance you would never see your home again, the people that you loved again, that you were just taking off onto this really unknown um, experience. And so he just, he inspires me because I think I aspire to like that level of like all in commitment and adventurousness, but I'm quite certain I could never have done what he actually <laughs> did. But um, yeah. So he he was he was really selfless in um, traveling and learning the cultures of the people that um, he went to share the good news with, and I think this is why he became so beloved because uh, he didn't necessarily know a lot before he arrived in these other countries, but he did make such an effort to to know and understand the people who he he felt called to serve. Mm. He's a good awesome. example for Pauline's. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think something cool about this verse, too, is that even, as you say, even if it had not been the verse that clicked for him, as the one biographer had originally claimed, like, it encapsulates his whole life. It really mm -hmm. does. And something I love about the relationship between St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius of Loyola, who kind of recruited him, for lack of a better word, is that... St. Francis Xavier really did not like Ignatius of Loyola at the very beginning because he kind of felt like he was always on his case. Um, and it wasn't until, like, they were all roommates together, him, Ignatius of Loyola, and Peter Fave. And when Peter Favre went out to do, go do something, I don't know where he went that week, but anyway, he went. <laughs> and it was just the two of them left alone in the house. And finally, they were actually able to have a good heart-to-heart -heart talk, do the spiritual exercises, and um, Francis Xavier really had to really had this moment of reckoning for himself in his own in his own heart and his own soul um and it was it was really they they had such a deep friendship after that Ignatius of Loyola and Francis Xavier and for Ignatius of Loyola to be able to kind of like give him up to the missions knowing that you know to travel that far he might never see him again um also kind of encapsulates when we give everything the people we love participate in that gift um, and they receive the fruit of that gift as well, but they do participate in the sacrifice of it too. Um, and I always loved that about the relationship. I think one of the things that always kind of made me so sad, but in a, in a beautiful way, is that Ignatius of Loyola actually wrote to Francis Xavier when he was um, dying, not knowing that he was dying. Uh, I forget what illness he had, but he wrote asking him to come back to wherever they were, Spain or Italy, I forget now. Um, but the letter never made it in time. Mm. And I was always very moved by that because I think it, it was such a beautiful example of the surrender that they both had in their friendship to knowing that they were both giving their whole life and also offering their friendship in whatever way God wanted to um, bring fruit out of it to to reach as many people as they could. And that is such a beautiful example of how we give everything in our relationships as well um, to the Lord to bring fruit out of and to sanctify um, and to really like see his glory manifested for people is was always really moving to me. 
That's actually a really cool tie-in to uh, the Spider-Man movie. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bring it in, Sister Chrissy. So I, um, I really wanted to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home because... I have watched it with, like, every sister in the house who's been like, wait, I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. So I'm like, oh, you need to watch him, buddy. I'll come watch it with you. Um, as Spider-Man's always been one of my favorite superheroes. And this, I thought this was a really moving uh, Spider-Man story. But because of the whole theme of, like, No Way Home, I really felt like that that sense of sacrifice is really present in this story. So this... This, to me, was Spider-Man, like, maturing and kind of growing up. I think that's what, at least part of what they were trying to do in this story. And so when you were saying about St. Ignatius's sacrifice, like, you can see that the the heart of the, of the Spider-Man, like, the more recent trilogy has really been the relationships, like, the friendships between MJ and Peter and Ned. And they all have to do a certain amount of like letting go and sacrificing um, for for a good greater than themselves. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, in the previous films, home had a very specific connotation mm-hmm. um, for homecoming and far from home. Yeah. Like literally he was coming home and he was far away from home. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's not technically going away from anywhere mm-hmm. like it's the I feel like the far the no way home like it's it's really the people yeah. who are the home that he's that he's got no way back to mm-hmm. um, and the relationships and and the, the 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 biggest sacrifice that he makes there is mm-hmm. the relationships it's not a place yeah yeah oh that's really cool that's also really sad. <laughs> I think that was one of the beauties for me, though, is to see how, especially with MJ and Ned, they mm-hmm. they they love Peter and they love everything that he stands for. And because of that love, they are willing to make those sacrifices with him. Mm-hmm. And because they see where it's leading and they see how much it means to him and how it's actually growing him as a person, like he's coming into his own. He's really becoming himself more fully mm-hmm. and they see that and they celebrate that and they're and they're helping him through it um and in the process of kind of making those sacrifices with him they're actually coming more into themselves too mm-hmm. like i have never loved either of them mj or ned so much as in this movie like they they did you really see them all growing together and um i think that's such a beautiful element of you know, when we give of ourselves, that's when we really become ourselves. We're able to really grow into uh, the gift that, you know, God made us to be. Yeah, it's true. And they really accept um, the consequences of helping Peter yeah. in his work. And they, like, at different points, they specifically, like, say that to him. Like, we, we're, we're in on this. We're, we're doing this we because we care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So that that um, theme of being all in and of making a sacrifice um, in order to do what what they saw as the greater good in the context of Spider-Man, um, it just it made me think of Francis Xavier and how he had his own no way home kind of experience, like that he he felt called by God to make a choice that was 
that was big and life-changing. Um, and like I said, I've, I don't think I could live a life of such high adventure <laughs> as either Francis Xavier or Peter Parker. <laughs> but I love those kinds of stories because I feel like in our own lives, we, have, we all have our own moments like that. And we all have our own experiences of, of friendship like Peter had or Francis Xavier had, you know. And so, so kind of putting both of those stories together, um, I don't know, to me, it just gave me a lot, of, a lot of food for thought and for prayer. And we had retreat yesterday, so I was praying with this. And I was yeah. like, there's just so much beautiful uh, stuff there you could, you yeah. could reflect on. Yeah. yeah, as I was praying with this passage too, and I'll just I'll just give my reflections on it, and then you can tie it back to the movie. But because um, <laughs> I know you will, uh, as I was praying with this passage, I couldn't help but like look at it in its context of um, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Um, and what does it profit a man if to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? And I just was thinking like. Um, there's been conversations around like even like NFTs and different things in the house, like just people just having conversations about this. And I just was thinking like a thing has value because someone's willing to pay for it. Mm. Right. And so the idea of what can a man give in, in exchange or sometimes the translation says in ransom for his life mm. or like what profit is there? Mm-hmm. Like these are all kind of like transactional words. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking like something has value because someone's willing to pay for it. And the price for our lives is literally God's own blood, mm. you know? So, like, literally what else could be of any more value? Yeah. And um, and so I was just kind of struck by that and praying with that for a bit. So that does kind of tie into the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Not, not to be premature, but no, because I, I had been thinking about how in this movie as Peter matures, he has to decide what kind of hero he's going to be. So like this in the superhero world, um, the superhero themselves are a little bit of a Christ figure for us, mm-hmm. right? So they they kind of exemplify that sense of like complete self-gift when they're being their best superhero selves. So it's not a, a perfect analogy, but like if you understand it a little in that sense, then like Peter has to decide what kind of superhero is he going to be? What does that mean for him? And I loved when the other Spider-Men. So there you go. First major spoiler. Also my favorite spoiler. <laughs> that was That's my favorite part. Like, yes. um, now they're all canon. That's fantastic. Um, when they, when the other Spider-Men talk to our Peter Parker and explain to him that like seeking revenge isn't, it's not the path uh, to the kind of change he wants to to enact in the world and it's not the way I love that he finally got his own moment of with great power there must also come great responsibility like at a certain point I think this Peter Parker like Peter Parker always has a good heart but this Peter Parker just had started out with like such a 
like a pure heart, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. um, and a certain wholesomeness and innocence um, that I think he automatically carried his great power with responsibility. But you could see, I loved how they showed he he was still immature in a sense that was very appropriate to the fact that, like, He's a teenager. He's a teenager. (laughs) And in fact, this is the best Peter Parker in the sense of, like, actually still being a high schooler. Yes. Yeah. 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 But he really had to learn, you know, that that he he hadn't yet grappled with the sort of loss that he experienced in this movie. Um, So I I really I didn't want to say this on the microphone, but I'm going to say it because when Aunt May dies, (laughs) it's so painful. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he's faced with that, then he he really does have to make a choice on a deeper level for like what what kind of of heroism is he going to live out of? And to me, that that tied in with this verse. and Francis Xavier in the sense of like what profit is there to gain the whole world so he could have the satisfaction of revenge and he could demonstrate that he is powerful and he could crush his enemies but he would he would in a sense be forfeiting his life he would be forfeiting what was most true mm-hmm. and good about who he was he would be forfeiting what was at the heart of his relationships with Aunt May and MJ and Ned and even Happy. Mm-hmm. And so to see him choose to make like a personal sacrifice mm-hmm. and and choose like a, a higher a higher road, I suppose. Um, to me that it was just a, a beautiful different way. I love I love when we're able to watch movies and talk about stories like this. Yeah. In, the, in a bigger context of our life in Christ, because to me that makes the stories even more powerful. Um, and I think that's why I've watched Spider-Man three <laughs> times now, because it, it has all of this meaning to yeah. me. Well, and, and as you're talking, too, I keep thinking of the passage where Jesus says, um, like, unless you're willing to give up father and mother and brother and sister and children, and you know, and like, and, but he also says, but those who will, will receive them back a hundredfold. And um, and this is just like kind of an a poignant example of somebody doing that for the mission. Um, I think obviously in religious life, there's like a different kind of giving those things up. And depending on what kind of religious life a person's called to, you know, the the extent to which that happens. But um, but really in every vocation, there is a leaving behind of people and and entering into relationship new with other people, you know, and. Um, and that's not always without a lot of suffering and pain that go into leaving those relationships behind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's as simple as like, you know, you had a really good friend from high school and you're realizing at this point that you guys aren't a good influence on each other right. or they're not a good influence on you. And you have to go find and build other friendships, whether it's from your work or from other people in your town or people you've met online or whatever that are really going to help you kind of grow in your vocation as a baptized Christian. And I think something I found actually really moving about that whole scene with um, Peter Parker, where he actually was kind of going to kill the guy who killed his (laughs) Aunt May. And it was because another person stepped in Mm -hmm. that it bought him the time to rethink that decision Mm -hmm. and make it freely of his own will. And what I found so moving about that is that we do need people on our journey 
And God gives us people on our journey to help us really let go, to help us give up things that are not good for us or that are maybe perfectly good in and of themselves, but kind of standing in the way of a fuller gift Mm -hmm. um, that we can make of ourselves to the Lord. And God does give us those people. And if we're if we're open to kind of responding to challenges in our life of people saying, you know, like, hey, I, I don't think that friend is the best influence on you. Or or even if it's sim- something as simple as an invitation of like, hey, do you want to go to adoration tonight with me? And you're like, oh, well, I was going to go do something that maybe I shouldn't really be doing with my friend <laughs> at the same night. Like to kind of take that as an opportunity and, and to kind of take it as um, yeah, your other Spider-Man <laughs> standing in front of you and being like, whoa, can we rethink this decision? I know you made it, but we need to rethink it. And to really see like this is in a very small way, a little opportunity for me to forfeit this to gain my life, to forfeit this to gain a deeper, more long lasting life in Christ for myself. And by default, then the fruit of that allows that opportunity to be extended to everyone around you. Not that you have to go to adoration every Friday night, but like just as an example. Because <laughs> well, while you were talking, I was just thinking I sometimes in community will joke like it's so hard to be good. <laughs> and it can be. Yeah, yeah, it can be. It can be hard to be to be good, especially like good in the sense of trying to live your life transparently before Christ like then you just you realize how how messy and how much um how many mixed motives influence our actions and and so sometimes i find for myself like it can be so hard to be good because you have to you have to so frequently make little little efforts mm-hmm. of letting go of some sort of like satisfaction um in order to do something that's better uh you know, to let to let go sometimes of of what I I would find more, I don't know, it would please my ego more. <laughs> you know, and to mm-hmm. let go of that. And sometimes I find it like the small things can almost be more challenging mm-hmm. because they happen on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, Those are the ones you get tired of doing too. Like you get right. fatigued sometimes. You get fatigued, or yeah. it's like it's not really that important. Um, but it, in the eyes of God and in our, in the context of our relationship with the Lord, like the small moments, um, we could pull in another saint here in St. Therese, like she would be all about that. Like Mm -hmm. it's the small moments that, that make you who you are. But I think we see that in our Spider-Man too, because he did so many simple things, like in the first movie, Mm -hmm. all the people he helped and, you know, (laughs) or or accidentally didn't help but okay, he, well, he, help. he messed some stuff up but <laughs> he, 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 did a lot, he did a lot of good things man you know um but he kind of had to work himself up to to the level of of the big sacrifice that he made at the end of this movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i and i do like too that I mean, I always joke about how much of a teenager this one really is. Like, he's very well written. And I remember being a teenager not that long ago myself. And, like, it's it's a hard age to be in. But I love that it shows that no matter what age you are, this verse applies to you. Mm-hmm. Whether you are a child. Oh, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Whether you're a child, whether you are a teenager, whether you are an adult, or whether you're, like, a senior adult, this applies to us. We are all called to make 
um, to kind of hand that over to Christ, to hand that sacrifice over to, to Christ of ourselves as he handed himself over to us. Mm-hmm. And we are actually given the grace at every age to do that in a way that we are called to at each age. Um, so it's it's so important never to shortchange ourselves or our children to assume that they're not capable of a greater love than sometimes we think they are. Um, God really does give us that grace at every age. Can I just say, I love that you said that because when I was praying with, with all of this yesterday, um, one of the things I was reflecting on was how how grateful I am that like my experience of reading the life of Francis Xavier happened when I was like 12 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and that like God, God was able to plant this little seed and this little flame in my heart when I was a child. Um, and I, I think that that, yeah, that's really beautiful and important. And it's something that makes me really happy whenever we publish a children's book or do something with with children in mind to help them grow in their relationship with God. Because I remember as a child thinking like, yes, even a kid can be a friend of the Lord, you know, and I, I felt like the work of the sisters in publishing children's books really affirmed that for me as a young person, that you were never too young or too old or too this or that mm-hmm. to have a close relationship with the Lord. And that changed my life. So, mm-hmm. so point well taken, Sister Orianne. <laughs> Thank That's you. amazing. Yep. And I liked what you were saying, too, at the end. And I was just thinking, like, um, this whole idea of, like, the transactional conversation of, like, uh, you know, lose your life for my sake, we'll save it. And what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? And it's, like, the world that we gain if we if we don't to pick up the cross, the world that we gain if we if we are willing to kind of, to forfeit our soul. And side note, I looked up the word forfeit, like the the Greek etymology of it. And I knew you'd bring the exegesis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was surprised because I thought it was gonna be something like more of like a like a word that you would hear in a treasury, you know. Mm-hmm. But the what the um, the dictionary that I used says is that it's to injure. To experience detriment, to cast away, receive damage, lose, or suffer loss. But the very first part of it is to injure. So, like, Mm -hmm. the idea that what we would gain is this world that is without the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, we would be be inheriting this Mm -hmm. broken reality and in doing so would actually injure our own own selves. Mm -hmm. And there's just something, like, really powerful about that and... Mm -hmm. And also invitational. Like, there's just something, I don't know, I just really like it. Well, it's like God wants to protect us from that mm-hmm. because I I find for myself that, like, sometimes when I resist the grace of God in my life, like, I I very often have this feeling that, like, oh, God, God is trying to protect me, like, for my own good. He's inviting me to this this better thing to this better choice um because because i don't see how sin affects my life like mm-hmm. like very rarely do we see the clear consequences of our sins it's not like some colorful patch like appears on our face or something yeah. and right. like Dorian Gray. Like, immediate, <laughs> like yeah like an yeah. immediate yeah. visible Re- reaction or something yeah or even like in the comic book stories like the bad guys do super bad things and things blow up and stuff but and like, they also look super bad like <laughs> they look terrible <laughs> they're like there's green. lots of reasons to not trust them <laughs> yeah yeah um 
but in my own life, like my my understanding of these things is so limited. So, like I I have very often felt like God will invite me, you know, to trust Him that He knows, like like this this sense of He's protecting me. He doesn't want me to forfeit mm-hmm. my life, even in small ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like, you know how sometimes when a parent sees their child playing with scissors and they're like, uh, no, yes. no, 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 <laughs> because you know, like they, yeah. they can't handle it. They're going to yeah. hurt themselves. That's I, exactly what it's like. Yeah. yeah. And, and you figure out a way to swap that out with something else, yeah. like put something else in their hand and take the scissors. But I think like that's actually almost exactly what Jesus said to Paul on the road to Damascus um, that Paul tells in one of his accounts is. He, he tells him, it's hurting you to kick against the goads. Mm-hmm. Like, it's every time I prod you and you kick against it, you're the one getting hurt. Like, this yeah. is hurting you resisting yeah. this this gift. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a little side story. It's a little bit off topic, but it's funny. <laughs> when I was a preschool teacher, there were lots of moments when I said sentences that I thought would never, ever leave my mouth. But um, <laughs> my absolute favorite one, because, you know, when a kid's doing something like that and it's really dangerous and, like, maybe it's, like, you really kind of have to move slowly so you don't startle yep. them and make things worse. Yep. <laughs> My favorite sentence I ever had to say to a child was, oh, buddy, we don't cut each other's eyelashes with scissors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like so calm. <laughs> immediately, like, once I had the scissors in my hand, that's when the adrenaline kicked in. You yeah, know? But it was yeah. just like, oh, Really no. calmly, lo- so slowly panicked. reaching out. Oh, my gosh. And also, like, and also, my dear, we don't allow people to trim our eyelashes yeah. with scissors. <laughs> Maybe that's actually the bigger problem here. <laughs> I mean, I think it was pretty mutual, but <laughs> I've been like, what the snickerdoodle? But it is, it is that that reality of like the gentleness that's necessary to mm-hmm. not make the situation worse. Yeah. Because if I had just like lunged for the scissors, like <laughs> something really bad would have happened. Things could have gone terribly wrong. Yeah. But um, and and Jesus is gentle with us too. Actually, when I was yeah. looking up this verse, uh, one of the commentaries that popped up for me because I use the Verboom app, I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned before. One of the commentaries that popped up for me was um, seeing a. Augustine's commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And he connects this this phrase of uh, of denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and um, not gaining the whole world and forfeiting our life. He connects this whole idea to when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, um, that what he's inviting us to is something so beautiful. <laughs> he's inviting us into his sacred heart. And it doesn't feel good right away and it doesn't and maybe it doesn't feel good in this life period sometimes but but that is actually what the reality is so i don't know there's just something there's something really beautiful about that and then the other thing too this is a, another side note that i don't know if you can connect it or not but um i was just thinking of and I, know, I feel like this is a challenge. How to connect whatever <laughs> she's going to say to Spider-Man. It's just Go. The, it's, I just have so much faith I'm here in for it. able to do it. I'm here for it. Um, no, I just, like, these are just, you're just kind of giving my my stream of consciousness at this point. But mm-hmm. one of the things that really occurred to me was Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. And we've all heard this before. Like, Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. So all cross meant to the people who were listening yeah. was shameful Mm -hmm. result of your bad behavior Mm -hmm. and um and like 
horrifying. Uh, yes, yeah. Like completely horrifying. Horrifying, tortuous, yeah. and oppressive because it yes. was coming from the Romans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it had to have sounded just so absolutely bizarre that mm-hmm. he's telling them like mm-hmm. what are you saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do this. Yeah. yeah. But he says it for them and I'm sure that there was something for them in that but he also says it for us who are going to be listening 2,000 years later with all the context mm-hmm. um, but also just like that actually that is what it is but that he's the one who paid it so it's his cross that we're picking up when we follow mm-hmm. him in that way mm-hmm. and so it can lose some of that horrifying nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because he took it because actually that is I think kind of maybe our default experience of hearing like pick up the cross or even praying the stations of the cross there's something there's something inherently consoling about it Mm -hmm. um just on the level that like jesus did this and like you're accompanying him you're not alone you're not by yourself Mm -hmm. and you know you know where it goes but you know the end of the story you know there's something yeah and you can't it, I think it would almost be impossible to quite understand like what it, what it sounded like to the first followers of Christ like for sure, yeah for sure. yeah I was thinking too um so I'm I'm just bouncing off on another tangent hey, of consciousness today, um, <laughs> no because you were saying like it it won't always feel good in this life but I was thinking too of you know for all of the the tearful moments in Spider-Man No Way Home um, for all the tearful moments that Francis Xavier must have had in his travels and being alone and um, all of the opposition that he faced um, from from like the people he was traveling with a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like in our own lives, there are always hard things, but there are also beautiful, beautiful moments. And so like I was thinking of, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. I loved the progression of the relationship between Peter and MJ because that got so much more highlighted in this movie and you were able to see it it growing and I I found that so moving and I think maybe because um, I knew we were going to be talking about this scripture quote and Francis Xavier and like how that ties into the roots of my vocation so I, I was reflecting too like on like the beauty of of like their their kind of first experience of love Mm -hmm. Um, and that as viewers we kind of got to walk with them and see that mature a little bit and see see the hard decisions they had to make you know Um, but yeah so there there are beautiful moments too that I I think God allows so that when we have those moments of the cross then we can look back and say like this is what it's for. This is what it's about. You know, because I know like my experience of reading the life of Francis Xavier, I was actually in in church in Eucharistic adoration. Um, my folks would go on Sundays and I could go with them as long as I was going to like sit still and be quiet. <laughs> and so I would just bring one of my holy books from the nuns. <laughs> so I brought Francis Xavier that week. Um, but to me, that's one of those moments I go back to when when things are confusing or difficult or painful because I'm like, oh, Jesus was there and that was that was a really sweet that was a sweet moment in my own relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And um and I think it's so cool how God gives us those moments that can be like 
because God's in eternity, so you can kind of unpack that one defined moment in time can have grace for your whole life. Yeah. Like that's that's incredible. It's like it's a seed of grace that comes to yeah. bloom like, throughout your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and part of this too is the experience of suffering with Jesus on the cross mysteriously and in some ways that I still can't totally understand or unpack it all, but I love my Carmelite saints for this, you know. Those moments of suffering are actually moments also of intimacy with the Lord, Mm -hmm. that that's actually his inviting us into his reality and to um, like some of the saints. I know Edith Stein and and others, others of the saints actually call the cross the marriage bed, Mm -hmm. that it is the place of union with the Lord. And that's super mysterious. And it's not something I necessarily like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not definitely to the point of some of those guys, but uh, but there's something really beautiful about that. There is. And I think even even in our language, I mean, English is missing a lot of nuances in our language when we talk about faith. But one of the things I love is that the word compassion, mm. to have compassion, literally, if you break apart the parts of the word, it means to suffer with. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really beautiful that we have, even in our language and understanding that, you know, that deepest love is one that's willing to suffer with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sisters, this has been a really lovely conversation. Shall we go around and share our one little takeaway that we have for the yes. day? Let's do it. Okay. What's yours, Sister Grizzy? Well, I think mine changed while we were talking. Good. And I'm supposed <laughs> to. So, so the thing that I'm going to be walking away with is the sense of gratitude for those, those moments when God plants seeds of grace in our life. Um, those moments when we experience his love, when we have clarity about his invitations in our life and his call, even even when those moments of clarity require sacrifice. Um, yeah. Oh, can I say one more thing? No. <laughs> also, also, I would just say, if you're listening to this, that I would highly encourage you to read the lives of the saints because they can like change your life and um, and I I really firmly believe like they want to be spiritual friends to us. Um, so if you've got a, a spiritual saint friend, I'm very happy for you. And if you don't, I bet there's one out there waiting for you. I hope you discover them. And they tend to stalk us. They so do. Yes. if there's somebody who's popping up a lot, go read about them. Pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> They are our friends. They help us out. For me, I think it's kind of, I've, I'm kind of feeling an invitation to um, really examine the ground of my own friendships um, and to see where Christ has been present there. And especially in, in the sacrifices or in the hard times that my friends and I have gone through together, uh, to really re-examine all of those things to see where was Christ present and where is he inviting us to in the future. Mine is kind of half-baked because it popped up for me in the middle of our conversation too, but it, I'm kind of thinking about um, the word forfeit, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering a little bit about the moments when I have been kind of okay with letting my life be a little bit forfeit or a little bit injured or a little bit less than it could be. And um, yeah, maybe just feeling an invitation to be a little bit more faithful to the examination of conscience every night mm-hmm. and... Uh, and to looking for those moments and kind of offering them to the Lord and seeing what his invitation is there. Mm-hmm. 
because it's hard to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your real takeaway, Sister Christy? <laughs> it's Maybe. It's hard to be good. It can be a takeaway if she already knew Maybe. it. Maybe. My sisters are very, very good, dear listeners. <laughs> Please do not be deceived. Nah, they've, they've heard enough of us. All right. So do you have our closing prayer, Sister Ariane? Yes. So we're going to pray the sushi pay, which um, I believe we've prayed once before on this podcast. We have. And it's the, it's the prayer written by St. Ignatius of Loyola that St. Francis Xavier certainly would have known. Um, so if you have anything in your life that you're clinging to or that you're willing to forfeit things for that you know you shouldn't, uh, maybe that's something that you can just take a moment to recall and bring to this prayer with us. Receive, O Lord, all my liberty. Take my memory, understanding, and entire will. Whatever I have or possess, you have given me. I restore it all to you, and surrender it wholly to be governed by your will. Give me love, for you alone, along with your grace, and I am rich enough, and ask for nothing more. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Francis Xavier, pray, pray for, for us. us. Thank you so much, sisters. This has been a dream come true. Thank you for joining us, Sister Chrissy. Yeah. I, there's going to be more Marvel movies in the future. We'll so have to have you on again. <laughs> if you ever need me back. Okay, we can know. do that. We can do that. And thank you so much to everybody who's listening. Uh, we really do pray for you all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful for you and for your support. And... We've noticed that the uh, the podcast has been growing. We've been getting a lot more listeners lately. So we thank you so much for helping to share the word. If you haven't already left a, a review or um, shared an episode with somebody, we would humbly invite you to do so <laughs> just to help, help keep the word going. And um, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.